Can I go home now? Welcome back, back to Can I Go Home mm. Now. Oh, uh, today we're missing Jamie Wolf. Jamie is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID? Uh, no, but uh, we don't know. But uh, we hope he uh, is better you soon. Can, you can maybe smell it on the microphone. The <laughs> oh, good, good. You're yeah, using yeah. Jamie's mic. Uh, he was just here earlier today, and he's very, very, very sick. Yeah, uh, and he wanted to do a mic check to make sure you had a good spot. <laughs> and sure. It, yeah. So he, he spit into the mic warm-ups. earlier today. By the way, that we have today we have uh, the very funny comedian Gianmarco Serezi joining us. Hello. Um, you <laughs> may know glad. him. <laughs> you may know him from well. You know how I know you, but not how you know me. What? Yeah. What? No, what do you mean? Yeah, I don't really get the that. way you just responded to that made me think you do gay porn, but, but <laughs> I, I I try it. <laughs> really? For, if the price were right? No, I I don't know gay porn, but I'd like to try porn. I, you ever have the fantasy you're like, oh, if no one would know if I could change faces and dicks, like would <laughs> I would I do it for like a year just to see? I want to see what it mm. feels like to have sex be completely. You you don't you have an abundance like an right. insane abundance so you could be like okay I did that it's fine yeah but you you're talking about would... fucking like just regular guys like just no no, no. you're just talking to, about no, I, women. I brought it back to straight porn uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just that, a year of fucking bad. guys never having done that before just a full <laughs> year of having sex with men yeah but I feel like that would be valuable one for my first time with a guy if I filmed it yeah I mean to get a play I would have by to be play. Bo- I, I think I don't know what takes more skill, top or bottom. I, what do you think you'd look more like a fool like the I first think time? Bottom takes a lot more skill. Um, well, then not always. I mean, sometimes you just have to. You just have to. <laughs> yeah, but you got to look like you're having fun down there. You got to be fucked in the butt for the first time and look like you're having a good time. Versus the top's just thrusting, which you've presumably done before. Sure, sure. I I hear that, but. I think it would be funny if you're a bottom and they they have like a tiny little dick. You're like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Versus if you're a top and their butthole is like the size of a dick hole, then it's like, ah, oh, this is gonna hurt. <laughs> you think it just stays like that? It, it doesn't. <laughs> yep. Expand. Like sure. they have a very rigid Mine butthole. Does. Well, welcome to the podcast. Well, no, but I will say I hear your point. If you did a year of fucking at professionally, do you think it would improve you as a person because you'd get out some kind of demon? Like you'd have, ne- you'd never be driven and maybe, by and sex. Maybe not. Maybe you'd do it, and you'd still, you just would always craving it. But I feel like there'd come that day where you have to do like your third cum shot of the day, and you're sore, and you go like, you know what? This is not. This is not that great. Yeah, this yeah, is work. Yeah. It's the same way that like, I truly think part of like the pursuit of being famous is almost to be like, oh yeah, this sucks. Yes. And now I feel more at peace with it. I think more and more just being moderately busy i'm like oh yeah being a movie star probably fucking sucks yeah being justin bieber fucking sucks that's why he's there's this moments i see even you're considering here's what i will say even even by the way having followers which is not the same as fame i think we can all agree but it's some level of like notoriety right like my friends are like oh what are you gonna do now that you have like followers and i'm like to get to the point where i even had followers i had to work so hard that having it feels like nothing at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I want to hop back to your point because you compared uh, coming for a third time in a day to like a job that like, you know, it might just be a shitty job, but you know the next day you're going to be, you want to come. Like you want, like if you're going to want to do it again, but no one's like, you know, I want to go to the bank tomorrow or like, I don't want to go today, but <laughs> that's tomorrow, true. I'm going to love it tomorrow. It's going to be my, the favorite part of my yeah, day. Yeah. The first come is like that first sip of coffee in the morning. Like it's not quite a job. It's like that first, depending on your recovery time. Yeah. I, I'm kind of an every two days. If I have like a really good sexual experience, I don't need to come the next day. I could take a day off personally. Yeah. I feel like though when you actually do it, you're like 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 let's say a threesome. Let's say you always have a fantasy of a threesome. Okay. And then you do a threesome and you go, it's fine. It's fine. It's 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 a lot of work. You're tired. And then the next time you have that thought, like, oh, what if I have a threesome? You could be like, oh yeah. I did. My hands hurt. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I hand. don't need to do that. <laughs> and I think it just hands. alleviates <laughs> the hands? my forearms. Both hands. Just, yeah, yeah, both hands. There's <laughs> You're just finger blasting two women. I had one threesome back in the day, and it was it was that moment. It was cool for a second, and then you know when your hand gets tired, you need to switch hands. But I was using both. (laughs) Wait, is that a thing that happens to you? You frequently have hand hand fatigue. 
during in a sexual experience, and I then you like, switch. I think like back back in the day, back in the day when I was <laughs> eating, eating more, more <laughs> when I was eating more pussy in my youth. Yes, I I certainly more there would be time where my hand would get tired and you switch hands. Okay, and that's yes. why I knew I was in yeah. trouble. I wasn't saving the better hand. Right, 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 right. This yeah, was not. They were I wasn't both like, in use. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like even alone, if I have to switch to the left, right. I'm in trouble. Yes, you. It's a less. Yeah. It's a less prepared hand. It's a less coordinated. Yeah, hand. less coordinated. Yeah, less experience. I um, feel like in high school there was at one point I was like, you know, when I was alone, I would like do drills, like just to <laughs> really just get really. There was that video. You used to watch Shane Gillis' special. Yeah, yeah. he talked. He did a squirting joke, and he talked about a video that he had seen online of a woman squirting. And I, <laughs> and I want to ask him. If it's just one video I saw, like when I first watched porn, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, where it was, it's just like a very specific one, and the guy was like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, like, and and so you thought, well, it's just a matter of force, it's just a matter of sheer force and, and will. <laughs> you gotta punch it. There is this storied guy who he's, uh, oh, he's the Humans of New York guy. He was on Humans of New York. Um, you know, you know, Humans. Yeah, of New I thought York. it was like the guy. Like he's also known for. Well, he's known for making women all of all types squirt. So he's like a massage therapist, and he does female happy ending massages. And he's notable for getting any woman, regardless of whether they think they can squirt, to squirt. Sure, that's also the the PR spin. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were one or two. I saw it on Humans in New York, and it has to be real. Uh, sure, that's why my friend Jake. That's what he's known for too. <laughs> it's not a special thing. <laughs> okay, wait. He didn't so gain notoriety. I once was with. I know. I hope it's not too dirty. We have no I rules about too dirty. One. There was only one person I've been with. Those really. It was. There was a real, a specific like squirt, like an out, like a fast squirt. It was. Uh, it was like after I finished, I pulled out, and then there was a, like a, oh. like you know the the dinosaur in Jurassic Park with the the things back here, and it just like it was that. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, you know, have you ever been surfing? I've seen it, and and you, uh, well, your wetsuit, like the ankle on your wetsuit's really tight, and then you pull it out, mm. and all the water falls out that had been stored <laughs> in the wetsuit. It's kind of like that, right? And it's warm, so that's like the best, yeah, analogy. <laughs> so the way I know you is not from porn at all. No, the way that I know you, and this this may be interesting. Otherwise, we'll move on. Is um, when I had never done stand up before, but I had a desire to do stand up. I. Uh, had become friends in my... I took a UCB improv class. I was too afraid of stand-up. I became friends with a comic named Justin Randall, who's no longer in New York. And Justin told me that he wanted to go to an open mic to get seen by this guy who ran the open mic. And that guy was you. He was like, there's this guy that's like up and coming and he's going to be like the next guy. And he's like, he runs this open mic at the pit attic. Oof. And he's like, oh. so, so I... <laughs> I basically knew you as the guy that Justin Randall wanted to be seen by. And I went to your open mic and I watched your open mic as an audience member. Now, the pit attic is probably what, 10 seats max? Yeah, to be clear, it's not, it was not meant to be a venue. It would be like turning this apartment into a podcast studio. <laughs> you're just you're making it happen, but in no way should it. It shouldn't be. And, Some people and it, should not walk in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, I saw you there. I saw your mic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, after that, I decided it wasn't so hard to do. <laughs> uh, my set specifically? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I watched. I did watch some absolutely horrifying stuff, not in your set. And I decided after that to do stand-up comedy. So you were integral to my, and we didn't. I went on your podcast. I don't think we talked about this because no, you had interview questions for me, so I answered them. But uh, that that is uh, that is how I know you before you knew me. Do you remember any of the jokes that I told? Yes. Were um, any of them good? Yeah, because one of them I think you did in Comedy Central was sushi. That's my haircut. Sure, sure. That Surprisingly, one. John Marco started actually the same way, but with me. <laughs> John Marco came to see I, John Kennedy in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, at Red Raven. Remember? Mm, I do. <laughs> and you saw me and up I, there, and you were writing all my bits down. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I called the cops. Remember? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I called uh, yeah. the police. I also did some of those bits on Comedy Central. You did uh, most <laughs> of them. Yeah. You did the R. Kelly pedophile bit. R. Originally. Kelly pedophile. I was. I broke the news on that. Found, I was the first one. <laughs> on to, R. Kelly being a pedophile, or yes, on John Marco on, on him being a pedophile. And then John Marco, you know, now he has this fame and notoriety, but, you know. 
Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> this is me of formally course. admitting <laughs> everything I've ever done has been one it's of your been jokes. It's been stolen from John Kennedy. <laughs> Feels good to hear out loud. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that I saw that joke. Did you do that on Comedy Central? Mm-hmm. That was yeah, the that first one, thing I saw of you. That was one that... Uh, Ian Miles Chong, that uh, like that troll, that insane guy that insane, on Twitter, insane yeah. guy on Twitter who's who's never stepped foot in America but has like a million <laughs> views on on why Trump should had, be emperor. Had to block he him. he she shared that video saying this is what comedy is now because it was like it was saying men should go to therapy, which is uh, gay. is a wild yeah. thing very, to say. Very gay, yeah. Well, him and though Elon, <laughs> though, they hate the Onion now. It's like the onion is objectively the funniest satirical news you can find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a certain class of people that think if comedy's not you being offensive, it is unfunny. Sure, but everyone's lying to a degree. Like, we like the onion. Uh, it also has like a real leftist point of view. And whenever they share anything that isn't quite there, no, no one really wants funny <laughs> no no no. everyone wants people their want some form reinforced. of agreement yeah uh yes. in the faith now listen the babylon b is like is is dreadful and it's, it's wild that people enjoy it but but ultimately it's the same thing as like with free speech where like everyone's like we need free speech and then there was a thing with Chappelle. Chappelle shared his views on uh israel palestine yes and i i had i had like a comedian like an older comedian like like share it to me as if they were tattling on Chappelle. <laughs> like just so you know <laughs> don't be a fan of this guy you no longer really liked anymore <laughs> and this is someone who probably loves Chappelle's trans jokes and i'm sure i could go back a couple months it would just be like defending and blah 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 yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. like you're all liars no yeah. no no one really no, believes no, no, in free speech no totally not and we also it doesn't matter like it doesn't affect anything for if sure. You, if you care about something, no one is hurt from that. We live in the greatest country because we can think whatever we want to think. And then people like think that that hurts people. To a degree. I think like if you bang the drum, like it depends. If you incite It's all something. aligned. Like, yeah. uh, like the, the, the fear over like one joke is, I think, silly. But yeah. people, I think more so podcasts, more like radio, where it's a consistency of a message. These, yes. these are all different mediums. Like one mm. joke where the punchline played off something you don't like, I don't think that really matters. But I do think like that's why podcasts are different. I think there were a lot of comedians being like, it's comedy. And it's like, no, it's a different medium. We yeah. have to address the different medium. Mm. I don't know, For man. Well, what did, so Chappelle, because I saw this, but I only get it. I'm in a weird bind with Israel-Palestine because I got family in Israel. Everybody's a Jew. Every kid I grew up with is intensely going terrorism, Israel, Israel flags, blue and white, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, my whole thing, and I posted a little thing about it, is like, I'm like anti-Hamas, because who's pro-Hamas, including Palestinian people are not pro Yeah, I guess we have to say that, though. We have to say out loud that we don't like people being murdered. Hamas. And then, but I'm not, I don't think Israel should be like... <laughs> displacing half of what was formerly a semblance of Palestine or Gaza or whatever the fuck you want to call it that's no longer even a thing. Israel's going to pave it into a fucking parking lot. And I don't think that should be happening, obviously. I think the thing that I felt comfortable uh, criticizing was Americans. Like, I, like, like, and for me, the hypocrisy of Americans, where especially the, the liberal side of America, where we have spent the last, and I say we collectively, spent the last six, eight years saying our former president was a literal Nazi and our government was 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 a fucking monster and we wouldn't let people in the border and we're monsters going, don't you dare criticize a government that we yeah. barely know anything about <laughs> yeah. overseas. Yeah, yeah. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they would say things like, well, Egypt should 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 let let uh, the Palestinians into their border. And I'm like, how can America say that yeah. when we have literally done everything we can to prevent people from coming to the border? Yep. So it's more about the hypocrisy of, like, th that's the thing that I know. I know the hypocrisy of, of Americans. I don't claim to know much about the the you know you got to go back to the fucking old testament to have some of these fucking discussions mm -hmm. but but the, the especially the celebrities and the rich rich americans who who it it's so this is where things get pretty close to my heart because <laughs> when you come after the rich you come after my background and my family my view is rich people should opine from their ivory towers 
on things <laughs> about which they know nothing. Now, this is really important. I want to take a second uh-huh. and stop here. And this is not satire. Rich people should be funding war mm-hmm. and commenting blindly at that on foreign governments and foreign affairs. If you are a CEO of a management consulting company here in America, that means you should stand up for Israel. Let me just say this. The funding, I can respect. You are sacrificing something for your view. The post, get the fuck out of here. If you you have money, you really care about the thing, you have the only tool that we have decided matters in society, it's money. Spend the money, Amy Schumer. Spend yeah. the fucking money. You live in a mansion. You really, you are you really scared the Holocaust is on the steps of our door? Spend the fucking money then. Yeah, Enough yeah. with the, the sharing ten posts is not anything. Yes. Please don't make this the clip. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Just John Marco going off on Amy Schumer. We're not even in the clip. <laughs> just crop us cropped out of it. We don't even say it's our podcast. We just said it. <laughs> we hack into John Marco's account and post it. From his. No, uh, I listen. Uh, in all seriousness about Israel, I think uh, I don't know. I think, I think all it- I know is I go on Twitter every day, and I don't even want. To, I mean, fuck. There are videos of Palestinian children fucking killed and murdered and a, a the man holding plastic bags with the body parts of his children and i don't know how you can see that shit and be brett gelman from fucking stranger things and post what is this <laughs> this god-awful <laughs> nonsense that this dumb motherfucker post? <laughs> posted and just to be clear just by my name i am a jew i wasn't raised with i also feel a weird thing where it's like i'm a jew uh, i and but i wasn't raised with anything about israel you, I, yeah, I, I didn't, and my, have, I didn't have my have family is in Israel. Sure. So I have, I got my cousin. He's a drone pilot in the, he's a drone pilot in the IDF. Now, drone pilots. Let me just say this about professional drone gamers. They are, <laughs> or as we call them, professional gamers. They know how to really <laughs> kill people at scale. So mm-hmm. that is one thing that I know about my cousin. We, I, I'm not going to say his name, but he has a funny Hebrew name. Like it's got a in it, you know. It's one of those. Sure, it's like, I mean, pretty st- standard though over over there. I mean, it's very Jew. No, but like I'm trying to think. Like Ariel is a normal Hebrew name. Sure, that sounds unfunny to us. But like, then there's some that are pretty hilarious, and he's got one of those. But he's out there and he's killing a lot of Palestinians, and I hope he's safe. I love him, but I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Is that too crazy to say? No. I'll, what did I'll- Brett Gelman say? Oh, my God. But I, I want to tell a story about it. So Brett Gellman, you know, first he did this. He did this thing where he was like, he was like, hey, you fake woke Americans. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you live on stolen land. You do me. Ju-. It was the most it was one of the worst things. I. It, it mm-hmm. makes you go, oh, we should get rid of uh, being able to record things. <laughs> I mean, truly. It, it And and then he posted this thing. Uh, colonizers is the new rats apartheid is the new they control the banks genocide is the new blood libel tearing down hostage flyers is the new kristallnacht the hamas charter is the new mein kampf show us the proof of beheaded babies is the new the holocaust didn't happen and if you have engaged in any of this rhetoric and behavior you are the new nazis I'm sorry to say, but the the term <laughs> Nazis has has been now used to describe so many things in my lifetime yeah. that it really has lost. Its why best. can't why can't we take it back to the original Nazi, which is just a word to describe someone who's in a really nice, tight fitting military outfit with an armband? <laughs> why can't sure. we Nazi really should be definition. a fashion statement, which is high boots, nice haircut. Blue eyes, blonde hair, good smile, good arm. And I good, just wonder good if good heart. smile, good morals. Good I've morals. always wondered if Germany feels good that the term has been so spread Modern. out. Yes. That now, when someone brings up Nazis, they're like, "Oh, you mean uh, someone who criticized Israel in America?" <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. like, mm-hmm, "Yeah, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those Nazis. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was totally, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say, I'm, I'm sick of Jews." <laughs> and that's it. That's no, no, no. I am sick. As as a Jew, I am a little sick of Jews coming up to me, sending me messages online, being like, as a Jew, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, that is, it's, 
anti-Semitic too to put me in a box as a Jew that I have some like responsibility. Like I'm proud to be Jewish, very proud to be Jewish. I love being Jewish. I'm an American Jew, first of all. I'm also a comedian, so I don't really love being on the hook for saying anything of substance at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they said they used to say to me, they say you use Judaism at your convenience or whatever for my jokes, and I'm like, but I am Jewish, so yeah. I get to do that. Period. Yeah. Like, well, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Judaism at your convenience is like, well, to, to, to you too. You're using Judaism yeah. at, as your at your convenience to promote Israel right now. Like, Israel is not. Israel sure is a Jewish state, but but is it though, or is it just a state full of Jews who are being assholes right now? <laughs> I think. Oh man, I mean, this is. But, but there's there's obviously this this like. Uh, there's always a fear of the Holocaust is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And that is the f- fuel, I think, of so like this kind of sh- fucking shit where, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. where they go, you're a Nazi because it, the, the, but, but the anxiety of that is not the same as people are being murdered right this second. Yeah. And that's what I think gets. I, I just told you, can you look at the numbers and you go, I just think for some people, they connect the Holocaust to what's happening right now, and so they they get to sp- they they act like they're speaking from a place yeah. of, of like how dare you six million two hundred people have been hurt by this, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and it's like it's like that, but they they use that weight as a as a what is that word crudgel uh uh like a gavel, a, a, gavel? A, mm, crud something else, but they use it to say like well then it's the, 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 it we get to do this it's justified. Six thousand yeah. Palestinians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's justified because it's compared to six million. It's like that's that you. That's not how it works. I think the I the do. closest thing, and it's obviously not the same because you have you have O five sure where you know Israel offered to get out of Gaza, and then you have the Palestinians' right of return that they wanted to right. You have all the historical shit. You have nineteen sixty seven, whatever, the, all the bullshit. But I'm like Israel got nine eleven. Okay, that's what happened. Israel got 9/11 by more guys than did 9/11 and it's gonna it's starting an Iraq war and anyone in America that is and I know every Jews like no you can't compare it to the Iraq war cuz it's not but it sort of is though is it's just brown Listen, people I, I don't think anything can really be <laughs> it's brown it is we, the, yeah. nothing i don't think but, but obviously those comparisons we're, we're just using them for ease of conversation of yes. course everything's different the thing that's similar is Something really terrible, awful happened. People are really mad, and 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 it's being used to justify crimes, war crimes. Yes, I mean that's that's the similarity. Is that something really bad? And I there there was this degree of why why didn't you as a comedian say louder? A bad thing happened, and I was like, well, because I that's generally not what I, the the channel's for. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Why didn't Nickelodeon have SpongeBob go? Yeah. Oh, this was bad. Yeah. Why did SpongeBob go release the hostages? SpongeBob doesn't have a say in it. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. Why? Why? Here's what I think is a is a like my my dad tried to like put it into perspective because my dad is very my dad is one of those guys who once he gets like his thing like he's pro Israel it's like once he gets that it's like he doesn't change his mind and then he kept trying to like put it into perspective with me in like my examples like he was like. Because in Fargo, there's the school Fargo Davies in Fargo South. And I went to Fargo South, and he was like, oh, no. so you're saying— He didn't make it a local if, North Dakota high yeah. school rivalry comparison, he was like, did he? He was like, you're saying if Fargo Davies <laughs> bombed South and killed your sister, you would do nothing. So and you're I was saying, like, no, I wouldn't do nothing. And he's like, but not attacking them is doing nothing. I'm like, no, you waited if out. The musketeers, see, if the Musketeers marauded down Main Street, okay— and walked past <laughs> famous Fargo sandwiches. The Fargo Cyclones. <laughs> Comparing it to a high school rivalry in Fargo is the biggest poor white shit I've ever heard, by the way. Which, by the way, uh, we sh- I should say, just for the record, I know Jamie's not here, but uh, we do uh, do not respect poor white people mm-hmm. here on the podcast. Um, it's, so I just which figured is me. Which is John yep. and everywhere so that John John comes from North Dakota, which is a poor white mm-hmm. place. But He's we just want to say, um, if if you are um, uh, humping a Confederate statue <laughs> right now, or um, making a mud hut out of human shit, 
or learning how to read. I'm kidding. You couldn't even try to learn. Uh, I just want to say thank you for finding the technology to be able to listen to this podcast and also fuck you. Um, um, and that's all on that. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I endorse that 100%. <laughs> oh, and also with anything we said that you guys disagreed with about the war. I want to apologize to everyone that I hurt by saying that. I don't have headphones, so no idea that, what just happened. That's our apology button. Oh, I see. It's so, Jamie going, I, I want to apologize to anyone that I hurt by saying mm, that. So if you ever yeah. want to click that, it's the green one. Yes. So anything you yeah. want to say, uh, feel free to use the sound bank. We also have uh, blessings and curses uh, upon people who subscribe to our Patreon, which, by the way, you should. I did a show. It was uh, Earthquake has a serious xm show and they had a button and it was basically saying serious xm does not endorse and they would play whenever someone would say something wildly transphobic <laughs> and i'd sit there just like oh. <laughs> wait you did earthquake serious yeah, xm that's show? the craziest I did, part to so, me yeah, so that was, you kind of glossed over yeah. that part so my 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 old agent represented earthquake and i i went to one of kevin hart's like compound number two i mean this guy has built an empire and there were a lot of pictures of Kevin Hart everywhere. It was very funny. But uh, it was me, Earthquake, and like four or five older black comics. I'd say 40s, 50s. By the way, if you guys don't know who Earthquake is, he is like the prototypical older black comic who is beloved in the comedy community. Just considered like one of one of the greatest comics ever. Like a real comics He's really comic. Good. He's yeah. really funny. But like also... As a younger white, when I watched his special, I did have to put on captions. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did. Oh, I, man, I did have to funny. put on captions. Okay. Yeah. Well, they That's they couldn't live caption this this recording I was a part of, <laughs> and like they had they had they had you could drink if you wanted to there, and I'm not I'm not the type to to drink or or get high before a recording, but I was so anxious <laughs> because I I knew I knew my role there. I was like I was like the the more nebbyish white guy. Yeah. And they, they went around and introduced themselves and there was a, there was a comic before me. I believe he goes by like alpha dog or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it got to me and I said, oh, I'm Joe Marco. I'm, or as, uh, as I'm sometimes known beta dog. And the, <laughs> the kind of response of like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like I, I, I've always like, said like the difference uh, of like, you just I hear think, one like, of the black guys under his breath. This motherfucker garbage. <laughs> but I, I always think of it like, like Brooklyn comedy. I think like Brooklyn comedy and a lot of like white comics, there's a lot of like de- self-deprecation. Yeah. You go to Brooklyn and be like, mm, my dick's weird. And people yeah. be like, ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But like, if you were to be like on a black show and you say my dick's weird, I feel like the response is usually like, Dude, there's women here. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. a like what what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, like and, own and it. I was so originally I was like doing that angle and the response was was brutal. And then I established myself as like the Jew and I leaned into that per the people saying that that's why I well, they, should stand for it. Well, like a very real guy. Like he keeps it real, I feel like. And I feel like if to keep it real you need to be angry. What do you mean keep it real? Like be <laughs> what, honest. What kind of Black slang are you trying to use with us right now, John? It's also Bill Burr. That is like a Chappelle bit. He goes, like, keep it real. Oh, no, no. Uh, it's a, a Chris Rock bit. Keep it real. Ooh. Real dumb. That's what Chris Rock <laughs> says. I keep it real. Yeah. This is great. I wish we had a black person here to help kind of yeah, balance this we, conversation out. <laughs> this this really, we also have the Antonio yeah, we, button. Oh, that's true. We have a, a button recorded by our friend Antonio Kareem. Uh, and well, it says, you white boys are do, so do you wanna give? Do you want to give him the headphones yeah. and we can play it? Oh, sure. Let me hear it. I think this one is it. Oh, you white boy is so damn funny. (laughs) Thank you, John. John, you're amazing. No, No that's that's gratitude for you, John. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to apologize to everyone that I hurt by saying that. Great. So anyway, just so you know the lay of the land. Okay, so anyway, continue. So you became the Jew. At your own (laughs) at your own convenience, you become the Jew. Yeah, and then it worked. I, I, I like figured out. Yeah. But but it was but it was also it's it was just like at least that particular podcast it was like there there was a bit where was this by the way, uh, L A but it was like okay. I had to go f- f- deep you're north. like in the hills something yeah okay. yeah yeah and then at one point like it was just intent like like these they, these guys they talked fast they were very funny yeah and they just they just move quickly like sometimes when I'm doing that riff I think of like the one 
kind of really pristine joke. And like, I, there wasn't time for that. Mm -hmm. You had to get in on it. And then there was some, some like, there's a format of questions. And it was like, if your man keeps going back to prison, does that mean maybe he has a, a boyfriend in prison that he misses or something? And like, definitely homophobic. And you're like, you're like, definitely homophobic, 100%. You're like, I've thought about this question countless times so thank you for including it yeah. <laughs> and like well, at thank some, you for asking mr quick i <laughs> i just went on some riff and i got like one good joke in and i remember and i this is in my notes my like comedy notes where earthquake looked over to me he was like and he and he was just like and so it was like to me i had to push through that i didn't really have a second funny thing yeah, yeah and yeah. then the third thing was funny and and probably a, a little bit homophobic yep. but, but like but they loved it when in and, rome do as the romans do sure but I, I wrote that down as like a note of just like, especially with crowd work shit, you just like got to keep pushing through mm -hmm. to find the, you don't, if you wait for the perfect thing, you'll never, yeah, you'll, never, you'll just stop talking. hundred percent. Speed and honesty, speed and honesty. That's what I always go with for crowd work. I mean, when I see your crowd clips, I go, he did not have a funny thing, but he kept going. <laughs> he wouldn't stop. He it wouldn't it stop. remained unfunny, but his persistence is admirable. The craziest part about this set is posting it. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so you have, what, a comedy, a book of comedy morals that you... No, I just have, like, at the, I have gleaned. different word documents of, like, my finished material, things I'm working on, thoughts, and I always enter... And then at the top of them, there's, like, general notes that maybe I look at once every three months. It's, it's, yeah. I, I almost just write it down to have it written down, but, uh, yeah, that's just, I, I have that specific note. What's your like Earthquake. favorite kind of thing to do on stage? Like stories or like point of views or both or I just like I think the the most fun thing is like the the thing that Jesselnick did, which is like long tension builds mm -hmm. and then some joke that makes people go like, Oh my god, while laughing. Okay. Like that's that's the yeah, best. Yeah. It's it's that R. Kelly joke. Well, you know mm -hmm. what's really impressive about you is that you do really commit. And you are pretty And you're animated. For a too. guy that but comes off as like a real libtard, you <laughs> <laughs> Do I do I come off like a super libtard? You come off very liberal to me. I think it's the but so are you. The, That's I'm very liberal. I think it's it's it but this is what I was yeah, I was gonna follow up by like saying your strut. Your stage persona in it, it, sorry, not actually your stage persona. Your material is can be edgy or at least poke and prod i think it has an underlying mm -hmm. message that is i think similar to the underlying message of my material but it's very unapologetic in a way that i found very impressive and in a way that you committed to and i love watching you in small rooms now mm -hmm. i don't know that i've actually seen you in a big room but in it but i know mm -hmm. in a big room it makes sense but in a small room when i feel this desire I often feel a desire, and I'm as I get experience, I realize it's the dumbest shit ever, to get into a room where it sucks, where there's a, only a few people, and immediately put words to the fact that everyone is having a bad experience. Like, it's ang it, everyone's anxious, it's shitty, this is a bad show. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you a lot of times enter that setting and absolutely not do that. So that's something that I think y you do very well. Just like not what complain. Yeah, or like try. I think like I I try to play a straight man so badly uh -huh. that I think if I'm being like the ultimate straight man, straight man, I should say in a comedy. <laughs> I'm not a closeted gay person. So oh, I try. I so try it's a real struggle. Yeah. I, oh, let me click the straight man in comedy explanation <laughs> button. Um, but I try so badly to be the straight man to call out the unusual thing in as a like a stage persona that I think oftentimes the unusual thing is that a stand-up show is happening in the place where we're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like you walk into a shitty room yeah, yeah, yeah. and and if you're going to be the ultimate straight man, you're like, why are we doing this? But the second you do that, instead of just say, this is the setting, I'm just going to enjoy it and I'm going to give them the best performance I can give them in the moment. And that's usually. I feel like I got a little because I, I worked at this horrible club called LOL for for a long time. Oh yeah, that's and the Times Square Club where they go comedians you've seen on Netflix and HBO and Comedy Central, and weirdly they're not wrong. You have seen sure them. these days, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there there was something was it called um, uh, tearing down the room or you know making fun of the room was was a was a thing a lot of comics did. Yeah, mm. and and like there was some terrible painting in the room that you could riff on and whatever. But but I remember uh, a booker, uh, a, a guy named Kenny Ortega who passed away. He he got COVID, 
but he was a, he was a big comic there, and he, he it always really bothered him, especially because he produced <laughs> in a lot of venues that I think were bad, mm-hmm. and like just bad circumstances. But he was a hustler, and he worked, and I think there was this feeling of, Jesus fucking Christ, I'm helping my friends get work, and then they're gonna just roast the room for so long. Yeah, that I think like I th- there's something in me that's always like. There's a little bit, and there's room, but like you, you ultimately agreed to do the show, yeah. and they did pay money to be there. So you have to have a degree of like, well, they paid money to be here, so you can only make fun of, you can only insult their experience so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what should they do? Leave? Yeah, yeah. They should yeah. go. Hey, like, hey this comic is right. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me go. This fucking blows. He Actually, makes Gavin a good point. made fun of my tub when she was here, so I totally get that. Would she tell you to kill yourself? <laughs> no, I have a big stain in my tub. No, she took a momentary break from telling everybody around gross. her to kill, kill themselves. Ashley said, to... said my, my place is gross. <laughs> you see, there's a difference. I had the same thought, but I wasn't going to say it. Yeah. You showed up well, and you were ready you to perform. What would you if you said something? Oh, it's... it's uh, that bathroom is inexcusable. <laughs> there, yeah. was, there was... Only a roll of of toilet paper with like the remaining rung of toilet paper around it, and no sight of a second roll. And well, thank, uh, God, thank God you didn't say this to my face. I would have shot myself in the head. Starting with inexcusable is the funniest and and most honest description <laughs> of John's bathroom. It it there is no excuse that makes the state of John's bathroom all right. John's house is the house of somebody who is very clearly on the brink. There's also the disparity of like this is like for a podcast studio, this is very nice. Yeah. And and by that I mean just this half of the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think because of that, uh-huh. I had a deeply higher expectations. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the rest. Yep. Mm-hmm. But this is a real like don't look behind the curtain situation. Oh, we are yeah. uh the Today show. Outside of But instead of rape happening in the background, it's just a very messy apartment. What do you think about it? Uh, I think it, it's making me sick. Uh, I think I'm actually <laughs> developing something in my lungs. Um, I do think there's mold, uh, but I'm moving. What? I'm moving. Oh, you are so, moving. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, so I understand that. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like, it really, like, women mm-hmm. and and wanting women to spend time with me is truly what forced me to elevate my living circumstances. But John loves his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she's okay with this. See, well, that, that's she's the problem. She's not okay with it. She tolerates it because love sees no boundaries. I, well, I think that's the same tolerance and being okay with something. Oh, I had a woman came over to my place after a show at LOL, and uh, she went to my bedroom, which had nothing on the walls, and she said, "This looks like a mental asylum," and that truly started my trajectory of like, oh, I need to make this. Better and before that, I had a mattress on the floor for a very long I time. I like the mattress mm. on. The I floor. liked it, and honestly, the sex yeah. was better on that than on a fucking sh- a shaky IKEA frame. Yes. But you can't do that forever. I lived on the floor in college. It was really nice. I got spider bites. That was the only thing I didn't like about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I really liked. I like. I. I. So everyone knows I have a, a fuzzy sheepskin bed. And when I say everyone knows, it's just because I posted a clip where I admitted to it. Did you see this clip? It got a, a lot of views online. But it, no, I'm sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> it's one of my Hallmark Crowdwork clips. You uh-huh. really should be up on it. <laughs> but the, anyway, variety? basically, a girl said she she knew someone who had hooked up with me, and I said I don't think you have. And then she said, "Do you have a fuzzy bed frame?" And I was sort of outed in the middle of a show. And uh, wow, yeah, mm. and I do. I have a sheepskin, uh, a, uh, a a New Zealand sheepskin. Bed frame. That's a that's a scary heckle. I my friend slept with you. I I'd I know. Be terrified. I well I I was sort of like, I think I just went no way so as to dismiss it. <laughs> what if she said you have a small dick, and you're <laughs> like fuck, you're right. I did say what did she say? I said did she have any feedback? And she said no. I think she just said you had a fuzzy bed frame. And I was like, is that better or worse? But unmemorable. I feel is unmemorable probably for sure. a good thing. Uh it's. It's it's not a thing. It's a neutral thing. Well, on the spectrum of good to bad, because bad is so bad, and good's not that big of a compliment. Like, you were a good fuck is not that good of a compliment, but you were a nightmare to fuck is a massive insult. So in that regard, I see the spectrum as having, like, a very 
bad, long, negative tail at the end. And so I would rather be unmemorable. Unmemorable to me is like 75% of the way towards good is what I'm trying to say. I feel like it must be for... <laughs> that sounds like I'm trying to convince myself of something, but... Like if a woman says, oh, you went home with him last night, it was like, how was the whole experience from beginning to end? Like yes. if I asked you, how was last night? It's like, was it good sex? But this was but for sort a woman, of a... It's like, was the decor nice? Was This yeah, was the only yeah, yeah. This was the only time I've ever had sex with someone who was a stranger from a show. What happened was, because I don't really do that I've other than this time. What happened was... I had noticed her at the show, never said hello or anything. She DM'd me and said, want to play at like 1.30 a.m. And I was like, you know what? I I do. I do. (laughs) I I would like to play. I would like to play. And so she showed up at my door. That was our first introduction. And within 10 minutes, we had sex for definitely under 10 minutes. Uh-huh. And within another 10 minutes, she was gone. Pretty wild. Pretty incredible. That's like a grinder meetup for straight people. That's better because th- the problem is it's crazy. Yeah, it was. It felt really gross. I didn't like it at all. And I, I never had, repeated it. I had two post-show hookups, like real, like, like didn't know them, had we a good set. bumping uglies. But it was, it was weird. First, because I think they expect me to be as entertaining as I was on stage, yes. like for... For after that, and I was like, like, oh, those were like 10 minutes of very finely tuned thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. The raw materials are just garbage. The shy thing is crazy because it's like, no, I'm not shy. I'm a guy. I'm a dude that is not, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I just don't have like an act right now. I'm I'm letting you talk. (laughs) And I don't like, I I, I hope this has come off as a, I don't like a a power dynamic where like, I'm, I'm the cool, I killed you're yeah, an yeah, audience yeah, yeah. like i don't like that well i really around. want to be kind of more mutual yes people like they heckled yeah 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 <laughs> so that we were both equal parts of the show i'm like you're funnier than me <laughs> <laughs> wait so what happened so you had two of those oh both were really really awful yeah one the one was the mental asylum woman we went to <laughs> first we had to, we had to go to a bar after and and that for me that almost is a deal breaker no matter because it, it was a 1 a.m. show I'd, I'd hosted so it was 2:30 and I was like uh, you want to go to a you want to go to a bar this okay. is I and then because I was gonna say bar makes I've done the only other time I fucked someone from a show I met this her at a bar to vet her and make sure she was a normal human being and that felt a lot more normal we ended up having sex multiple times because I like got to know her a little bit before we fucked. sure sure and we went back to her hotel but she was there with a friend. And her friend like went to sleep while we were flirting, and I was like, "Was oh, this on the road?" No, it was uh, like in like a hotel in like the Times Square area. Oh. It was after LOL. Oh. And <laughs> and so her friend was like, I think her friend was probably like asleep, like in the windowsill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like like, and I I was like, "Hey, you want to hook up in the bathroom?" And she was like, "No, my friend's here." And then I was like, "Do you want to go back to my place?" And she was like, "This is so pathetic." She was like, "If." If you pay for my Uber back here after the sex, sure. Oh, boy. and I and it, and at this point I'd gone to the bar, so it was like four in the morning. So it was just like fine. Yeah, and I paid. I like, paid for Uber just, there. Like, sunk cost and then her Uber, her, her Uber back, and it was obviously terrible. It was yeah. terrible because like I think it would have been fun in that the moment of us flirting, but but the the. By the time we got to my place, yeah. the tension had, there was no sexual chemistry. Once, it was you've, gone. Established Once you've established a financial Uber. exchange <laughs> of value, any just shred of, of, of intimacy or like spontaneity is entirely gone. That was yeah. essentially prostitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For not, sure. not a degree, a hundred percent was. <laughs> not just a degree, a John Marco. John Marco comes <laughs> on the pod to share about his many experiences with prostitution. John Marco, continue. What was the other? Uh, the other one, I forget if we talked about when you did my podcast, but but it was it was someone uh, who invited me back to her place, her hotel. She was she was mm-hmm. visiting from uh, from from overseas, and uh, we started hooking up. Bad, bad, and and at some point, like, I, I was about to go down to her, and she was like, "No, I don't like that." It was very much like she wanted to like do stuff to me and didn't want 
anything back. Oh, and, and, yeah. and and not in, it, it wasn't it wasn't cool. But yeah, like not hot. Like like just not intimate or yeah, just just she like wanted she wanted to see me, uh, you know, whatever. And and uh, for me, the attraction is like, oh, you're feeling good too. Mm-hmm. And then she went. She got on top. She got up. She ripped the condom off and went right back down. And I'm very much a condom boy. <laughs> I'm very much a very STD scared <gasps> and whatnot. And like, <laughs> I think I could have. I could have probably. I could have. I had 0.7 seconds. To make before you came, but before, <laughs> well, but but also just to make the decision: was I ready to have unprotected sex with this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you could easily ac- accuse the person of uh, committing a, a degree of assault. That is called yeah. stealthing. I believe stealthing. But yep. but I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. It's called uh, open stealthing. Yeah. And uh, and I just remember it's just one of those things where like I'm fine, but it was bad. It was yep. bad. And then I think the funny thing is the next day I was like, well, I already risked it. Might as well hook up again. So the next day I went back over and we did it again because I was like, well. If no condom? No condom. Because at yeah, this point yeah. I said, well. Well, you buy yourself. At this point you yeah. just can't get her pregnant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you did it once. Well, for, for weeks <laughs> after. And again, I, I definitely uh, uh, pulled out. But I was so – I'm so neurotic. This is why I don't have condomless sex that yeah. I would look at her – Instagram stories because I was like, what if she's pregnant? What if she's pregnant? And yeah. at one point she was at a party like drinking in one of her stories. I was like, whew. <laughs> but she was totally the kind but of person that could drink while pregnant. pregnant. Well, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's like yeah, liquid yeah. Terminator in the pool of lava. Wait, John, have you had sex with more than like five women in your life? Yeah. Oh, nice. Do you know how many like off the top of your head? I think five exactly. Really? So no then. <laughs> Yeah, maybe <laughs> He said over. Have you had sex with well, more I than five know. women? Yes. How many? Five. Five is not more than five. But John. it's not less than five. I didn't say have you had sex with less than five women. That would have been no would have been the correct answer. I said have you had sex with more than five women and you said yes. Well, I always think five plus. That when you I visualize when you say more than five, I think five plus and I include five. <laughs> that is <laughs> crazy thinking. Yeah, that is absolutely Don't insane. ever give anyone medication or <laughs> Don't medicate I, people. Don't let count. count. Let me count. Let me count. Do you know what your number is or or thereabouts? No, I'd I'd have to like, I'd have to go through. I'm thirty five. Seven. Oh, okay. That is more than five. Good job, John. I definitely think like it's gotta be definitely over fifteen. Oh wow. Sorry, that's <gasps> low. No way. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm saying definitely. I'm just saying like. I, I once we get into like twenty five, I'm like, well, let me make sure I'm not getting ahead of myself. What do you think your number is? I would say closer to a hundred. Sure. Um, but not a hundred. What Maybe. if we take out? What about unpaid? Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> is more than five? <laughs> five. Five plus <laughs> is <laughs> is five plus also five? But how many times <laughs> have you experienced love? I have said I love you. Four times in my life. And I think I've meant it two and a half. Sure. I think I've experienced true love what do you more mean? than once. What do you mean? What true love mean? is like I'm all in. Are they all in? Yeah, for a, you know, for a, t- until I mean I'm a single until right I now, so until until you're yeah. not, you know. But I think I've exp- I think true love is like I love this person so much that I'm willing to figure it out. That right. to me is like true versus I I would say that's more like unconditional love is true love to me. Versus conditional love which is like I love this person, they're driving me nuts and I don't want them in my life any longer. I don't know. There was some philosopher once back when I pretended I read philosophy that was like love is is a is an action and you should stop thinking of it as a feeling. It's kind of love you you love someone you show love you give love and the idea of like this love some magical feeling is is because i remember being younger and like uh, feeling like i was in love and i was just in lust or i remember i remember in fifth grade thinking to myself i had a girlfriend in fifth grade and i thought like i'm gonna i truly thought in my head i was like i know people say this i'm gonna marry this woman this woman Mm -hmm. in fifth grade (laughs) and it's like yeah you're you're just as I'm just as stupid now. My feelings are just as ir- irrational yeah. now, or momentary, or when they... you have a when you have a boner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
We're all the, no, but okay. Doesn't matter if but you're. But you child. don't think you've felt okay. that magical love feeling? I do every day for my my girlfriend. <laughs> but no, I I just think I just think there's so much value placed on like this like idea of a very specific kind of feeling, and we are we are creatures with brains that are constantly in different moods and depressed and not depressed and. I, I think for me, it's more valuable to say, like, who in my life do I make a personal commitment to care for and be there for and be present for? And that's all you can do. That's yeah. that's what's worth. Yeah, but I would never do that for someone I don't love. So in that sense. But those, those people that you said I love you to, do you still love them? Um, Yeah. Really? Yeah. And what is it? What is that worth? What does it mean? Well, I suppose that means nothing. And it's, I mean, it yeah, doesn't really mean anything in terms of like an action, but that's why I'd, I don't think of it in terms of being an action. I think of like someone who like holds a place in my uh, like soul. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm not even being sarcastic right now. I think of someone like if I put them in the love camp, that means that they are like forever have a special place in my these are people i've broken up with that have broken up with me i'm like i will always care for them in a way that is illogical relative to the place they hold in my life which is none anymore sure but i feel that way for like a lot of people i feel that way for you might love a lot of people but then, but the only difference I would say between being in love and loving someone is like you don't fall in love with friends you know what I mean? You you gain love for friends over many years of being friends, but you fall. See, I think you're mixing up. I I think I think the sex element of it just makes it more muddled. I I don't think the the love you could have for a friend could be just as. I I I think we we live in this world where where especially with like the love can only be the person that we fuck. That's no, crazy. No, 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 no. I'm saying. But a friend. Why not no, yeah, a friend? I, I, no, I'm, I'm drawing a distinction I, I think, between love and in love. Like, I love John, but I'm not in love with John okay. unless he gets in. <laughs> I guess we're saying that on pod. All right. Go ahead. Finish the thought. <laughs> no, but I'm not in love with John, and I certainly don't want to fuck John right now because his apartment's a mess. Thank you. But I am. I have fallen in love with people, and that's like a violent experience. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's crazy. I th- I think that you can you can be in a relationship and at times feel in love and at times feel love and at times feel hate and at times like I think you feel a whole spectrum but the idea that there's some like one overruling thing that is always it's overhanging all, all of it to me it's, everything it's is made mental up. that is you can't see it's like it's all in here that's how well, I yeah, feel about religion it's made up, I but like, I don't know you don't put like because I put people in camps in my mind you don't do that I. Uh, no, I, I, no, I think uh, I've had experience with, <laughs> with camps. With camps. Um, no. Well, you're only Jewish when it's convenient for you. I'm Jewish all the time, and I put people in camps. Like, my dad is in an open-air prison. That's how <laughs> Sure, uh, sure. The front cortex. My dad's occupying the West Bank right now. <laughs> no, but I put people like, because like, I, here's like my friendship philosophy. I wonder what Lucas' friendship philosophy is. Dong, nabbit, I want to rip my cock off. I guess if I want to listen to the rest of the podcast, I will have to join the other 117 people that are subscribed to the Can I Go Home Now Patreon. They post bonus episodes there every week as well as answer questions. Cool. 